You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to another episode of Crime of the Mitten. We're your hosts, Shelby and Alia. What better way to gush about crimes without raising eyebrows than to start a podcast on crimes committed in our home state, Michigan? From mysterious missing cases to gruesome murders that left police struggling to stay on the scene, we're giving you the complete insight on what's going on in our mitten state. If you need to satisfy your hunger for true crime cases as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for your weekly dose of mitten crimes. Hey there, true crime lovers. It's Aliyah, and I'm back with another, with yet another Michigan true crime case. One that you won't believe happened, but it did. <laughs> but before we start the case, it's still February, so we have two more self-care tips for you this week. Um, Shelby said last year that um, we always need a break. So especially <laughs> when we're like constantly reading like true crime where not only researching for ourselves but listening to so many other documentaries and like all Mm -hmm. the other true crime podcasts we listen to my self-care tip is take a break um i like i have a whole like weekly um listening to the podcast a whole weekly routine of listening to podcasts that have nothing to do with true crime which is a good thing, no? Yeah. Because I think I, I torture myself too much where, not torture, but I would listen to, like, do research and then turn around and listen to a bunch of true crime podcasts or watch nothing but <laughs> exactly. true crime documentaries it's and stuff. Just... And I'm wondering why it's a dark cloud, like, over my head for the most part, but I'm pretty sure that's why. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually a really good one. Um, so, the one... Oh, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, wait, what's a good podcast, like, that you listen to that's not? Okay. True crime so my week related. Week, my, I start Monday. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, I listen to Saturday on the way here or like getting ready to come here. So Monday, I listen to Horrible Decisions. It's <laughs> a really funny one. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, Shelby, you really missed the live show. Like, it was really nice. I know. Weezy and I and wanted Andy to go. Hilarious. I know. And I really wanted to see Wheezy in person, like, so bad. She's so pretty. Yeah. I, I bet. I really wanted to see her. <laughs> Tuesday, I listen to Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. Wednesday, I listen to The Friend Zone. Uh, well, Thursday, I used to listen to The Read, mm-hmm. but since they started a TV show coming out on Friday, they switched their day from Thursday to Tuesday. But mm-hmm. I still try to listen to on Thursday just so there's not like still a living moment. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Just so there's not a gap there. It's a, and it's a routine now, so you can wait till right. Thursday. Yeah, just because it's routine. That's what mm-hmm. I'm so used to. And then on Friday, so I, I'm subscribed to the Jaden XD Patreon. So yeah, <laughs> because they talk about love after lockup on a Patreon. I know you were saying that. And I have that. to like their recaps of the show are hilarious. So I listen to um their Patreon episode on Friday. I listen to that like when it comes out Friday morning. And then on Saturday, I listen to their actual episode. Mm. So it's like double trouble for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> double feature. <laughs> Yeah. Who's yours? So my self-care tip of the week is meditation, which is so, so crazy because I'm like, I'm always, always hyped up all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People don't think like I actually sit down for like 25 minutes at least and 
meditate, but it helps so much. Like I get so many people that tell me though, they're like, Oh, I tried and it didn't work. And I'm like, seriously, when you start with meditation, you should at least still try for at least 15 minutes because in that 15 oh, minutes, no, I told you I felt. yeah, I know I, I get three. it, but it, it takes, it takes discipline though. Like, trust me, I was like opening my eyes, checking a timer and stuff, <laughs> but then eventually like it started to grow where like, I would have a moment where you like what they call quote unquote tap in and like you can feel like your thoughts coming together and stuff like that. And eventually if you keep doing this 15 minutes, it grows from like, okay, one minute in I was, I was, I felt like, you know, I started feeling the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Then next time it took like, I started with 15 and I was like, wow, I'm instantly, as soon as I started meditating, I'm connected. My thoughts are like coming together and stuff. I need to do this longer and you increase the time. So it's just something like you have to like kind of yeah. train your mind more so. <laughs> to do then like actually like you can't just get up and just do it so but it helps so much like when i'm in a situation even at work i'll have a moment where i just stop and i'm like okay deep breaths and stuff like that and like it i can easily like come back in like jump right back into like work mode and like yeah deal with like kids throwing toys at me or something you know so (laughs) meditation is lit when i started the yoga in the beginning of the year you know at the end you have to just lay down and yeah. be silent. My timer was set for three minutes. It was like the app that I used, the timer was automatically mm-hmm. set for three minutes. And every five seconds, I was peeking over like, okay, is this even <laughs> over yet? No, and I do, I used to do that. And then I like noticed like, oh, wow, it'll be 10 minutes going by and then I'm checking and then my phone. And you stuck. Like you can't move at that point because it's like, oh, I really feel relaxed after you Yeah, really after you're really it, you don't into get it. Yeah, so try some meditation. There's also like a bunch of videos on YouTube where you can like, cause I'm like such a person that does research so much before I do anything. I like watch the thousand videos on like meditation and all this stuff before I could even like actually do it. So then when I did it, I felt like not like an expert, but I was like, I already know what to expect. I know I'm gonna open my eyes up. Like, <laughs> so like, it's just like you feel through that stuff, but definitely meditation is like a great go-to. And if you want to like amp it up a little bit, get some healing crystals and light some candles, set the mood, play some 432 FZ mu- well, HZ music. It's a lot, but it's definitely worth it, though. Like, I I stand by it 100%. <laughs> so that's my self-care. Um, I'm sorry. I'm eating a gummy bear that Aaliyah made <laughs> as I'm doing this. But, yeah, that's my self-care tip for this week. Hope you guys try taking off days though, but like, you know, don't just call off and stuff like that and then blame it on me because I don't need that negativity in my life. But <laughs> I hope you guys tried the slow PTO days. Because oh, I got I one coming get... up on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a question about um what detox bath I use. I literally just Google like mm-hmm. detox bath ingredients. So it's like apple cider vinegar, Epsom salt, baking soda. And like essential oils or something like that. it's a few things that you what just are you trying water. to do cook yourself. <laughs> That's what it feel like. It's hot as a water be. It feels like you're trying to bake yourself <laughs> or broil or something. <laughs> no boil. You're trying to boil yourself. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I'm actually really liking these self care tips in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to get into today's episode, which I'm really excited for. Like, she asked me, Aaliyah texted me and was like, hey, I need a case name. And I'm like, gosh, I can't even help you because it's so good. Yeah, I had no idea what to name this. Like, I was finished with my transcript and everything, but I didn't have a name until. Which people don't know. The naming the, is, the naming and the, and the description, description are the hardest hard. things to ever do. 
Oh, yeah. So I just ended up calling it Burn Bodies and Manistique. Ooh. Which I'm like, even then, I'm like tuned in. I like that name. <laughs> so didn't even it's... know where Manistique was until I read this. Hmm. Learn something new every day. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. But Manistique, Michigan is a small town in the Upper Peninsula. It's a little over three miles big in Schoolcraft County. Kenneth Brunke was a divorced loner and had history of depression and suicidal thoughts. The 46-year-old lived alone in a large tri-level home in, on ru- the rural road, Kendall Road in Manistique, after moving from Illinois in 2011. He worked for Schoolcraft Road Commission. His job was basically just to go around and inspect the roads. That sounds like a, the easiest the job easiest ever. Job. You just ride around and inspect. Yeah, I'm, I, you know what? I need a job like that. I heard that there's a job where you could just test drive cars. I need, like, That's where do people that. find out about these? What? He said it sucked. Okay. You got to go to, like, Kentucky and back overnight. Mm. But still, like, how do people find out about these cool jobs? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you just inspect roads all day. It sounds a little- And then you still, no matter what the car is, you still got to drive it in the winter to make sure it's good mm. for wintertime. Oh, boy. So it, it sounds intense. absolutely hate it. <laughs> Minivans. 15 passenger vans, all that. You have to test all of them. Hmm. And then if it's a newer car, you got to cover it up. If you stop for gas, if you stop for lunch, anything, you got to cover the car completely up because it's like a car from two years. Yeah. Sounds intense. (laughs) But look. (laughs) So apparently that job didn't make enough because most of his money came from selling cocaine cocaine and morphine. Hmm. He was the town distributor. He didn't actually sell to the users. He sold to the sellers. Ah, so that's where you like, really get the money. He's like the big man. <laughs> right, the supplier. That's who they asked for when they were like, like, we want the supplier. That's who. He was the big dog. <laughs> right. It's so funny because uh, my boyfriend is watching Breaking Bad right now. So, like, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking of, like, those characters and, like, painting them with mm-hmm. him. <laughs> His nickname was Spark, which is pretty fitting once I get into the case. He was originally from Illinois, but moved to Manistique after getting the job. Gary Cordell, his friend, neighbor, and employee who sold for him, he had recently got out of prison and in 2011 after serving a 10-year sentence for burglary. burglary. It met Spark soon after in 2014. Cordell lived with his 28-year-old girlfriend, Moretta Carlson. She began doing heroin in high school. Oh, that's a quick, That that's pretty soon. Yeah. You, know, you didn't start off with weed? <laughs> he just that's jumped straight to the big, the big gun. The big stuff. Oh, maybe she did. That's just when she started doing heroin in high okay. school. Okay. In February of 2015, Brunke heard about a pretty young lady, Heather Aldrich in town who was heavy on drugs and was a customer of Cordell. Heather was 25 with five children who she didn't have custody of in a GED. Drugs completely messed up her life. Heather was arrested in a drug and prostitution sting. Cordell introduced Brunke and Arch, Arch, yeah, Aldrich because he wanted to, he wanted to be with her basically. Mm-hmm. And he let her stay with him because she was living in her car, selling herself for money to afford a hotel room. And he also gave her free drugs while she was staying there. So, of course, of that's course. where she wanted to be. Oh, yeah. Like, that's for, like 
paradise. Right. For the drugs. He really wanted to be with her, but she wasn't really feeling the relationship thing. Cordell warned Brunke not to let Aldrich stay in his house, and she was just using him. She didn't really want to stay there, but so she was in and out. Mm -hmm. When she leave for days, he would get upset. She stayed with her mother, Kelly Rowe, from time to time. I really thought she was about to say Kelly Rowland. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I think about. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I was like, don't don't add the end at the end. I'm like, what? (sighs) But her mom stayed in Germfast Township. Her mother said she would stay with her for a while, like for a break and a quick cleanup, and then home cook a couple home cooked meals and then disappear. She knew her daughter was a drug addict, and that was just... She, that was mm-hmm. just her thing, to come in for a few days, cook, get some rest, and then leave. Mm-hmm. Or for her mom to cook. Right. But Aldrich posted a lot on Facebook about wanting to get her life together and change for the better, and she wanted to see her kids again. Right. Oh, so she, yeah, she had kids, too. Yeah, five. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Cordell really wanted wanted Brunky yeah, to keep Aldrich out of his home. But he really liked her and wanted to be with her. In March of 2015, she posted that she was in a relationship with another guy. Mm-hmm. Cordell showed Brunky to, Brunky to post, and of course, he wasn't happy at all. Of course not. In April, Heather says she was, she walked into um, Brunky's house, and he had a gun to his head, then pointed it at her, and she took off. Even after that, she wanted the free drug, so she continued to go back. On April 14th, he gave her a lot of cocaine. Like, just the whole... This a, is, a like, lot of this cocaine. is really paradise for her. Yeah. This is, like, she is living the life. <laughs> On a super secluded rocky road, Brunky saw them while he was out driving in his work truck. She had... He was inspecting the roads and... So that explains why he was like over in this clean, mm-hmm. super rocky, no one should be over here road. Right. But he saw, he saw Aldrich and the guy that she was with doing all of his drugs. Mm. The guy in the car with her said that he was like pretty sure Brunky saw them and what they were doing, but he just kind of gave them a look and kept going. And like, so like of course he wasn't happy about it. Right. He was not happy about it of because not. who he thought he was his girlfriend is now sitting in the yeah. car with another guy. Doing the drugs that he gave to her. Gave her. Like, I didn't want you to do this with someone else. Right. Like, honestly, though, like, you shouldn't be giving her this, these drugs anyway. But exactly. that's neither here nor there. To keep her around. Right. You should have already knew that she wasn't yours to keep if that was the only way you could keep her. That's the only way you can keep her. Mm. Aldrich went back to Brunke's house the next day on the 15th while he was at work. She went to the into his stash and took... A large stat, the large stash of cocaine that he had p- buried in a pipe in the backyard. Oh, she was searching. It wasn't. Searching. No, it wasn't really buried. And she's there so often. I'm pretty sure she just knew exactly mm. where it was. Okay, like, it wasn't like, really was buried, looking. or it wasn't hidden too well. Like somebody not just gonna go in and find it. But if you know where it is, and you know where it is, right? He didn't really had it hidden up too well. It was just, it was nothing but like pine cones covering up the. Uh, mm. Covering it up. So it was like you have to know mm-hmm. to even be able to get it type stuff. Wow. She still cut throat. Like went to the stash. That's an but extreme. But not only did she take his stash, she took 
<laughs> Wait, stop laughing. Two thousand dollars in quarters? In quarters? <laughs> Wait, how heavy? She didn't do that alone. Two thousand, two thousand in quarters in, in is quarters. heavy. That sounds like it's really heavy. Like twenty dollars in quarters. I'm like, my pockets are feeling heavy. Wait, let alone two thousand. And why does he just have two thousand dollars in coins? That was just his. His. He was just a coin, a, a quarter guy. Like apparently, he just had them saved up in bottles. Goals right there. Had <laughs> <laughs> two thousand dollars worth of coins just sitting here. But. She drove back to her spot on River Road with two friends and used up the drugs. A few hours later, Brunke texted her saying, quote, there is free morphine on my computer desk. Come by and get it. Wow. A friend of her said that he was like trying to bait her in. Is he? And she was paranoid like, you know, I took it. I can't go mm-hmm. back. So she panicked about stealing the drugs while coming down from her high. And was like, um... And she hid her car, right? Like by a casino, because she didn't want there to be any chances of him finding her, right? Just like driving by one day and he's seen, because he is a road inspector, driving by and seeing her car just right. there. You know what? She was a smart. No, she she's trying to play just, just smart. Wait. Okay, <laughs> I feel like every time I give first somebody credit, you like you shut it down for me. Like I always pick the wrong person to credit. <laughs> She just knew that he was looking for her, so she called her sister, Carrie Nelson, who was 31, and her boyfriend, Jody Hutchinson, who was 42. They all eventually met up in Germfast at her mother's home. She told her that, or her mother said that she told me she had taken the drugs, and I said, give them back. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I would say the same thing, like, and so we can't give it back. Why? Just drop them. Well, it's probably gone at this point. A lot of, nice amount of it is gone. But then it was gone. Yeah, so her mom, she's like, that's not the best. Trust me, I can't. She was even, like, just, but her mom said she was scared. Like, she didn't even want to go back over there. But on April 16th, when she woke up that morning, and had an urge for the morphine, she went to his home. Mm. So she had um, her sister and her boyfriend to drop her off over there. And before she got there, she posted a song on her Facebook page about struggling and addiction and all of that. Right. The lyrics were, The needle in my arm, the thoughts in my head, What's the matter anyway? By morning, I'll be dead. That is really deep. Who knew that song, those song lyrics would become real to her life? Wow. On April 17th, the very next afternoon. And, um, oh, the very next afternoon, a couple and their sons were driving down River Road near where Aldrich and her friends had been and saw an SUV and stopped in the middle of the road. As they got closer, they could tell that it had been burned. The family got out for an even closer look. They looked into the windows and saw what looked to be two smoldering bodies in the back seat. They ran back and the terrified father called 911. Police arrived and were able to determine that three bodies in the Oldsmobile um, bravado. And there were three bodies, um, two in the back seat and one in the cargo area. The fire was so bad that it completely melted the tires off the car. Oh, wow. The and the bodies were still warm and smoking. So, like this recently happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. The victims were identified as Heather Aldridge, 
her sister Carrie Nelson and her boyfriend Jody. Because the bodies were so badly burned, the medical examiner couldn't determine the actual cause of death. Just knew that they were burned. Right. Within days of the body had been discovered, a witness told police that he had seen Gary Cordell Brunkies, um, the drug salesman and neighbor, when he threw items belonging to the victims in a river, in the Manistique River. Wow. Cordell and his girlfriend, Marietta Carlson, were arrested a few days later and both gave very detailed confessions. Oh, so they didn't, like, try to, like, cover up. They just went, like, they... They just told. Told. The, Which, you know what, we... Like, I commend them for that. Like, I'm, you know, thank you for just... What's the name? And uh, just coming, like, right out of it. Because, like, I feel like the last couple of cases, that's been, like, our argument. Like, can you just, like, you did it. You did it. Just admit that you did it now. Um, the two admitted to the killings and implicated that Brunk and implicated Brunkley, Brun- ah, Brunky, saying that he helped strangle and smother the victims in his own home. They wanted to punish Aldrich for stealing the cocaine, and her sister and her sister's boyfriend were simply just killed because they're the ones who dropped her off, and right. they were basically witnesses. Mm. And then, like, yeah, so he's closing in, like tying up all loose ends. Bitch, try it, I guess. Well, yeah. Not if you're just going to go in and confess. (laughs) And confess anyway. But hey. Carlson first said that Brunke strangled Aldrich in his bedroom while she held down her legs keep her from kicking and flailing. Hmm. Um, She later changed her story to to saying that Cordell strangled Aldrich because Brunke told him to. And he couldn't do it himself because he liked her that much. That he absolutely wanted her dead. She said that Brunky was killing the other two who he had tied up in the basement. Mm. Cordell told police that Brunky admitted to killing Nelson in the basement, struggling, strangling her as he as she was tied to a pole. He said that that he was upstairs the whole time that Brunky and that Brunky provided specific details on his own murderous activities in the basement. Brunky told Cordell that it took less than two minutes to kill Mary Nelson. A few days later, Brunky was arrested in Illinois, where he had fled after the killings. Mm-hmm. Well, why you go back to your home state? Yeah. Like your hometown of all places to run from, where they have records of you living once. <clears throat> and that's and like the first go. place we're going to check. So <laughs> that was really smart on your right. end. While he was in Illinois, investigators said that Brunke replaced all four tires of his car, worried that they might match the tires to um mm-hmm. what was found, the tracks that were found where the bodies were where the bodies were. In the beginning, the three defendants didn't have the same story on what happened that night. They all agreed that Brunke lured Arch Ardridge to the house by telling her he would give her free drugs. <clears throat> While in custody, Brunke was interviewed only once by police before he hired an attorney. <laughs> Lawyered up. <laughs> he admitted that he was angry at Heather for seeing another man. He said, I was upset. I didn't sleep that night. Someone I, that I cared about, you know, basically stabbing me. Yeah. 
But, I mean, people go through breakups and stuff or, like, you have situations where the person, like, you know, things like this happen all the time. You don't have to kill You don't have to kill them. You can leave. I'm pretty sure if that person did something to you, that's probably not the person you're meant to be with. I mean, of so, course, that was not the only only reason he killed her he was he was mad about his drugs oh yeah no for sure though and then it's like he knew that the only reason that they were like together is because of the drugs so it's like you had to know that you only had like it wasn't real what you had so it's like exactly get over it (laughs) like not get over it but like you can move on from it but now you look how much of a hole you didn't dug yourself into exactly um all three suspects were charged with murder, with first degree murder, conspiracy of murder, and kidnapping since the victims had been held against their will in his home. Right. Um, he denied that anyone was harmed in his house and insisted that he had nothing to do with the killings. He said, all I know was that when the people, when the people left my house, they were all vertical. They were fine. Wow. <laughs> Okay, sure they were. <laughs> Grieving family members bra- brace for trial. Carrie Nelson had two young sons. Heather, in addition to her five children, had a mother, stepfather, and brother. Jody H- Hutchison had five children, two grandchildren, wow. and a mother and four siblings. They were all confident that the numerous statements made by the defendants would short... That like that they were taken away from their families like that. What right and what they would they were like sure that they would get convicted, mm-hmm. but they were very deeply de- disappointed. Marietta Mar- Carlson had been in Schoolcraft County Jail for forty seven days while awaiting trial on three counts on the three counts in the murders. She woke up on June sixteenth complaining that complaining of stomach pain. After a jail nurse examiner, she was taken to Schoolcraft Memorial Hospital. Doctors thought that she had gallbladder problems, but as her condition got worse, they prepared to send her by helicopter to a hospital in Marquette. Mm-hmm. She never got in the on the helicopter and passed away the next day. Mm-hmm. During the autopsy, it was discovered that she had an inflamed heart. Which that usually comes from like old age and stuff, yeah. but she wasn't even old. It was just the fact say. that she was doing drugs for ten years of her life. Yeah, and that does have wear and tear on your body. Exactly. Her statements put to police about what happened in Bronke's house the night of April sixteenth had been critical in the prosecutor's case, but they couldn't use it because they weren't other under oath and they could not be cross examined. Mm. That left the prosecutor with just two defendants, but still enough evidence to proceed a trial. The two were held in two different jails, Cordell in Schoolcraft County and Brunke and Chippewa County Jail. Both men began to explore insanity <coughs> defenses, and after, atone- after their attorneys filed motions, they were ordered for a psychologist. Um, a psychological exam at the state's forensic center. Mm-hmm. Both men ended up there on September 11th, but based off records, they don't know if they actually crossed paths or like met up there mm-hmm. while they were there together. 
excuse me. Which I would have. I feel like they, if you know, they wanted to try hard enough, they probably could. They could have. They could have definitely did pull something off. <laughs> right. Which, That's like you know, no see. one can't keep me from talking to you, Aaliyah. <laughs> Like, I was in a pigeon with a message to come talk to you. <laughs> no, okay, so you watched Love After Lockup, but that made me think where Brittany was trying to get, um, they wanted her friend to be um, Zoila's godmom, but mm-hmm. she was locked up, so they had to, like, hold up a sign outside of the prison <laughs> to ask her to be Zoila's godmom. I'm like, oh, you can get a message across. <laughs> you can get that message. <laughs> Don't worry. They were holding up signs and bells and everything. <laughs> See us? <laughs> So trust me, are they, if they really to wanted to. in a cute way instead of asking over the phone, which is yeah. funny. But that's really thoughtful to <laughs> get the experience. <laughs> but three weeks later, Cordell suddenly changed his story. During the fifth confession to police, he now said that Brunke was not at the house during the time of the killings and that him, him and Carlson had committed the murders on their own. He said that the two women arrived at the house looking for the morphine. So he forced the two women into the basement at gunpoint as Hutchinson waited outside in the car. He tied up the women, then invited Hutchinson inside. In the basement, Hutchinson pulled out a small knife from Cordell. So he he took the knife from him and tied him up. Jody was the first person to die, Cordell said in his written statement dated September 29th. Colt, I placed a bag over his head and duct tape around it, a duct tape around his neck, at which time he told me he couldn't breathe. And I said, no kidding, dummy. <laughs> I mean, it's not he, funny. He, but he had but no it's, remorse. It's, it's cold. It's like, cold hearted. It's <laughs> you, you can't breathe. And you're like, oh, well, yeah. that's the point. Like, what not, are you telling I'm, me that? He's for? like, thank you. Right, I'm doing a great job then. Right, he's like, thanks for the review. Wow. (laughs) He said he strangled Nelson next, and Carlson choked Aldrich to death. Brunke arrived home from work shortly later. Cordell said, once taking what's talking to me and finding out that I had killed the three of them and that he needed to get rid of the body, he was really mad at me. Mm. <laughs> he's like I just got home <laughs> right. he said that he was upset with with Heather stealing the cocaine from his friend he assumed that all three victims were working with undercover drug enforcement officers a claim that law enforcement said wasn't even true Yeah, and then it's just like it just sounds like nothing but paranoia going on on everybody's end paranoid at this point, everyone's paranoid and there's a thousand excuses on why they did what they did. When in reality, all of it's unnecessary. Killed, killed them. Like, yeah, that it's none of it's it don't mean nothing. It's all unnecessary. Cordell continued to tell that all three of all three of them loaded up the bodies into John Hutchinson's SUV. Then Brunke drove his car into the forest. Mm-hmm. Which Carlson and Cordell were following in Brunke's car. Um, Once far enough off the main roads, they stopped and doused the SUV with gasoline. He claimed that Brunke threw a flare into the car. And, quote, it exploded into flames. Mm -hmm. Timothy Noble was 39 and straight out of law school. Months after graduation, he was appointed as the school Kraft County Prosecutor. 
and was later elected to elected unopposed to a four-year term. Because it was such a small town, he was basically the only lawyer. So it was like, <laughs> it was no real <laughs> run to see who was going to be the town prosecutor. It was just like, oh, you're the only one here, you so wanna, go for it. You know, that's like winning by default. That's yeah. what they call that. <laughs> like, hey, that's, what, like, that's the definition of everyone, it, everyone gets a participation trophy. <laughs> Like, homeboy just reaped some good benefits and he didn't <laughs> right. really have to run. Those are the best race, uh, ways to run. I used to do that in purpose, on purpose in school and run for the stuff that not everybody else was running for, really. And I'm like, dude, this is like an easy win. Like, yeah, I just... I just if I don't, don't win, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, I'm like, wow, so you just gonna give this position to nobody? Cool. <laughs> Noble had never tried a murder before this one. Rather than calling for help, he opted to do it on his own. Even though he had no idea what he was doing. Mm. Of course. He called the victim's families together early October to tell them that he didn't think he could make the murder charge stick against Brunke without Moretta Carlson's statements, especially with Cordell's new confessions. Right. He told them that the murder charges against Brunke were being dropped and that he was going to be allowed to plead obstruction and justice and lying to police officers. These are minor convictions that would have him in prison for no longer than five years. Mm. And so, we know you need to be in there for a lot longer. For life. Yeah. Five years ain't going to make the cut for me. Exactly. In exchange, he was going to testify against Cordell. Cole, we were all crying. There was all this evidence. It just didn't make sense, Kelly Rose said during the interview. A lot of the people, including the victim's family, believed that Cordell took the fall for Brunke either in exchange for money or mm-hmm. Brunke promised to take care of Cordell's elderly mother once he was released from prison in a few years. <laughs> so instead of staying home and taking, you know, taking and doing, telling the truth and then going home to your own mother, you're and like, taking oh. care of yourself. No, you can go ahead and do it. I'll take the fall for you. Go ahead. Yeah, that, that makes you want to take care of my mom. Oh, and that yeah. makes no sense at all, though, because it's like unless homeboy really just didn't feel like taking care of his mom, it was like, oh, he offered to offer the service. No, that. And then you can't trust people like that, though, because a lot of people exactly. be like, when you get locked up, they're like, oh, I'll take care. I got, I got your family for and you. And then they be like, you be like, you get out, and they be like, yeah, so this such come him. through, and it's like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know who it is. Like you can't go off of that. On October 19th, soon before Bronchi was brought into court to testify against Cordell at Cordell's preliminary exam, the prosecutor heard a source that Bronchi owed Cordell $6,500. When Bronchi took to the stand, Noble asked him about it. Brunky seemed caught off guard by the question, then admitted that he owed Cordell the money, but never really, like, gave a straight answer on why. He just said that Cordell had done some landscaping for him and the other <laughs> few small things around the house in order for that. <laughs> so you owe him that much money for cutting grass and trimming flowers? Cool. He fixed the sink, like, what? <laughs> okay. But everybody noticed that that didn't really make sense, seeing that they visited Brunky's home and there was zero like signs of landscape at all on his property. <laughs> like, dude, you don't even you don't even water your grass. Like, where is 
this coming from? I know, like, the landlord over that house is that they, when he heard this case, he was like, so he just going to just go along with that. I pay for that. <laughs> I sent the crew out. <laughs> it didn't even make sense seeing how, like, or, and then, um, or it didn't make sense seeing how, why do you owe your employee and you, you're, you have, yeah, like, you owe your employee. You can't just say, oh, he's my employee. I owe him for that. And instead you said for like housekeeping. And yeah. Stuff. So it doesn't, but it's good that they if asked anything, him that and caught him off guard. Cause like everyone, just like we're sitting here saying like this stuff doesn't make any sense. I'm pretty sure if it, they're in there like this makes no sense at all. If what anything, Cordell owes Brunky for like borrowing money, seeing that Brunky's the rich friend. Right. But okay. <laughs> they didn't play that one right. Like, Brunky's the one with a house and a a whole business, basically. Yeah. But he owed someone, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, it was never really the other way around, they claim. So, it, like I said, it made no sense. Everyone knew that it, it didn't sound right, but if that's what Cordell wanted him to say, then that was just it. Runky's story was simply that he came home to the dead bodies and Cordell had a gun telling him that he needed to help get rid of the people quickly and was basically threatening him with the gun, telling him they needed to get rid so of the bodies. He's pretty much saying, like, I had no choice but to help. It, you, you had a choice afterwards to go to the police. Right. <laughs> we forget that. Well, okay. The debt had been paid by the time Cordell went back in court, went back to court three weeks later to officially plead guilty to the three murders. Mm-hmm. When the prosecutor in the court asked, did Brunke still owe him money? He said, quote, not even, quote, not anymore. Prosecutor said, what did Mr. Brunke owe you money for? Cordero responded, I don't think that's any of your business. One, male, <laughs> one man shall die so the other one may live. What? That's what he said? That's a part of the quote? <laughs> what kind that's of? Literally what he told him. What? That's not just something you just say in court, especially when you're on trial for murder. For murder. You really shouldn't say anything with death in it. You shouldn't even say death, 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 death anything, life. anything, D-E-A. You need to cut it out. You need to play it safe. Wow. Right. On Friday, February 18th, 2016, Kenneth Brunke was sentenced to 40 to 60 months in prison. Um, But he had already served 299 days. So he was only be about serving um, three years total. Right. Oh, so that yeah. So the time count when um, time served already went went mm-hmm. to the sentencing. Or November November fourteenth, two thousand sixteen, there was a was the sentencing date for forty seven year old Gary Cordell. He was given three sentences in prison for life without possibility of parole. He had pleaded uh, pleaded guilty. To two counts of murder and one count of felony murder for the death of Jody Hutchison and Carrie Nelson and for Jody, Jody Hutchison, Carrie Nelson and mm-hmm. Heather Aldridge in April. Judge William Carmody said that while he doesn't normally support the death sentence, if, if, if that was the case in another state, he may have like wow. just killed him. Yeah. In May 2017, since Kenneth Brunke could not be held on the murder charges, they wanted to go back to try. They wanted to get him for drug charges of delivery 
of cocaine and conspiracy. The 47-year-old man was sentenced to 18 to 30 years by Judge William Carmody. Wow. I mean, so they got him. They couldn't get him on murder, but they were going to get him. They were going to get him for something, like, and as they should. Like, gosh. And it's so irritating and frustrating for, like, the families. We're just like, we got to get him for, at least they can get, oh, like, at least he didn't walk off, like, scotch free. Like, he wasn't, right. he didn't just get off. So, wow. Yeah. That one, I actually really been waiting to hear that case. I have, because. When you told me about it, I was like, what? That sounds lit. <laughs> and then you read the description to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for Saturday. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm glad that they were able to get something instead right, of just murder. But for a second, I really thought this case was going where you were saying they were just going to get off without anything. Yeah. This is said. At least they got off for something. It definitely wasn't murder, but. Yeah, it's something. Are we doing a question of this oh, week? Oh, you're right. Or maybe not. I'm okay mm-hmm. if we don't. These questions, you know, sometimes make me... I, I won't do a hard one. You want? You don't? You won't? Not a hard one. Um, <laughs> uh, I like... guess because I was so stressed over this. <laughs> question 283. Do you prefer your hair longer or shorter? Long. Very long. I Yep. Like all the way down to my butt top long. <laughs> like I'm really an ex- a drastic. Like I love getting extensions all the way down. So as long as I can. Haven't been able to go crazy lately because I work with kids. And they like I could oh, swear. One time I got these ponytails and they were like really long. I seen a kid swing from one to the other. <laughs> I seen it. Like everybody was like, you're dramatic. And I was like, no. He legit swung from one thing to the other. And no one's believing me. So that, de- But definitely long hair. Yeah, Short hair is not really for me. Of, in the process of trying to go my hair long. I didn't know it was as long as it was till I blow dried it last night. Yeah, which it's kind of depressing because so it's much not the hairstyle that I wanted from but. high school. Like you've had a lot of hair in high school, but like this is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a pretty a good question. I like that one. Yeah, simple. Yeah. So we'll see you guys. Well, you'll hear us next week. Next week. Thank you for listening to Crime in the Mid. You can find the transcript, pictures we've discussed, and the links to all of our references on our website at www.crimeinthemidden.com. There you can also find the links to our social media. If you have a case you'd like us to discuss, go to the go to the contact us page of the website and leave a suggestion. Each month we'll choose one of one suggestion for an episode.